again, everybody, and welcome to the Mainland Podcast, episode number 126. I'm Michael Citro. I'm the founder and managing editor of TheMainland.com. Welcome to the program. Joining me is my co-host, Dave Rowe, up in Tallahassee. Dave, how you doing? I'm doing as well as can be expected. Uh, you know, it's starting to get a little bit warm now, and uh, that's not always pleasant, but uh, we're Floridians, we deal. Yes, we do, and right now we're dealing with a losing streak on the heels of a winning streak. Uh, the Orlando uh, Orlando City uh, went up to Toronto uh, over the weekend and um, played a decent road game against uh, really a backed-into-the-corner desperate Toronto team, and just minutes from being able to leave with a point, uh, conceded a late goal, in the 87th minute and uh, left with no points to to their credit. And um, that would be a second loss on the heels of the Atlanta game. And we'll talk more about the fallout from that a little bit later. But the uh, the 2-1 loss to Toronto. Dave, just give me your overall thoughts, what you saw in the game and what you uh, – was did it go how you expected? Uh, so the cardiac gives and the cardiac takes away. Um you know, more times than not, it seems that uh, we've been the beneficiaries of last-minute goals to uh, either uh, win a match or uh, get the point uh, on a draw. This time, it came back and bit us in the uh, in the rear end. But um, as far as the match itself, um, obviously, we didn't have uh, Dom Dwyer, we didn't have Yotun, they didn't have uh, Out the Door and uh, Bradley, but. Uh, or excuse Giovinco. me, um, yeah, Giovinco. But um, it, it that evened out, and of course, unfortunately, we only found out about Dom shortly beforehand, um, which that one that one stung a little bit. But hopefully, he's he's going to be better. Um, it, despite that, I thought that um, you know it was a pretty evenly played game. Like you said, Toronto was backed into a corner, you know, sitting near the bottom of the table uh, with a lot to prove. Um, they obviously had home field advantage. We all know how hard it is to win on the road in MLS. Uh, and despite that, um, you know, we we were looking like we were going to get out of there with a point. Which uh, you know, after Higita scores that goal, I was I was pretty. I was pretty happy, and uh, and then I'm sure my girlfriend heard me cursing uh, in that 87th minute um, as uh, as we go down uh, with not quite enough time and not quite enough firepower to to come back and and pull out that that second uh, second equalizer. So as far as what I expected, um, yeah, you know, with with the players that were out. Um, it, it all depends on who's going to step up. Um, I, I did think that uh, Mueller had a pretty good game. Uh, I think he's been solid despite, you know, everybody's going to say, well, he hasn't scored a goal in a while. Okay, yeah, but once again, look at what he's doing off the ball. I think he's, especially for a rookie, I think he's playing pretty well. Um, uh, Elmanir had a, you know, pretty good game. Yes, I know everybody's going to get a little upset about uh, the the backside stuff that he's giving up, but uh, there's a lot he's doing up and down the entire field. And of course, as I mentioned, Higita he had another good game, which is what uh, five out of six since we've been talking about his turnaround. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of positives to take out of it. Yes, it's a it's a loss, and that stings, especially coming on the heels of the Atlanta loss. But um, you know, there's 
it's MLS. There's ups and downs. You know, we were on a you know six game streak. Um, sometimes that flips, especially when you don't have uh, your your highly paid striker up there to um, distract the defense and uh, open up opportunities for the other players. Yeah, it was uh, it was a rough rough game. I thought that uh, really didn't seem like either team could could get a hole in a lot going um, some moments of some flashes from Toronto, but nothing really too um, concerning. I thought that Telfer looked pretty good up their left side. He was really uh, beating uh, Mueller and Johnson down the wing and um, creating mm-hmm. some issues there. But, uh, you know, it, it, it kind of stayed scoreless for a while. And then uh, they were able to bring on two St. Ricketts and, um, you know, the the first goal kind of came out of nowhere. It was a it was a play in the middle of the field where uh, Yuri Rossell, making his first uh, start for the Lions, sticks out a toe to get the ball uh, to get it a foot in the passing lane. Unfortunately, he toe pokes it right to Victor Valdez, their best passer. Um, mm-hmm. He turns around and slips in. Uh, you know, Ricketts, who's a very very fast player. I know that. People like to bag on uh, on Sané for losing his man there, but I mean, Two Saint Rick is going to run by almost any center back in that situation, especially off of a quick uh, change of direction like that uh, with the deflected pass to Valdez. Uh, but Ricketts didn't hit the net; he hit the post, and unfortunately, nobody was alert to the rebound. Nobody uh, covered up Jay Chapman strolling through the middle of the penalty area, and he was able to put it back and make it one nothing. Um, Cat showed good fight coming back. Uh, Gita gets his second goal of the year, a career high, and you're feeling pretty good because Orlando mm-hmm. City had never lost a game in which Krishna Gita had scored a goal. Now, not a <laughs> lot of games, but that's uh, that's still it's still a statistic. Yeah, so things look pretty good, and then late in the game, it seemed like um, Orlando City would uh, get out of there with a draw, but uh, you know. Um, you know, there was, a, you know, an issue along the sideline, lost a man, he crosses it, get caught ball watching a little bit on the backside, and and it's in the net, it's 2-1. But uh, to go back to that Higita goal, it was really an amazing run through traffic by uh, Mohamed El Munir to get into the box. He, he, fall, he goes to ground, he stays with it, he gets up, he crosses it back across the box, um, really could have called a, a penalty with uh, the ball uh Coming off, I believe it was Mueller, and it was a, a, a pretty heavy contact from behind, but the ball fell, mm-hmm. uh, and and uh, Josue Coleman uh, alertly um, picked out Aguita, and Aguita put it in the net. So it was a it was a good heads up play by uh, four Lions on that particular uh, instance, but um, uh, and it was uh, it was a good thing that Aguita scored because it would have been pretty upset to not get a penalty out of that heavy of a contact with uh, with Mueller getting basically just knocked down from behind while he was in midair. So um, that made it 1-1 and you felt pretty good. But, uh, you know, it wasn't to be El Munir giveth, El Munir taketh away with the <laughs> the lunge, the unnecessary lunge uh, on Aro that allowed him to get to the end line and cross that ball in and then. Uh, you know, Johnson had lost his man. Um, I'm not sure if he needed to be tucked in as tightly as he was. Maybe that maybe that wasn't his man. I'm not exactly sure how uh, Orlando City uh, marks in that situation. But the, uh, you know, and then the shot comes in and I don't, I thought Bendik um, 
probably could have had that. I don't think he was really square to the shooter when it landed. Um, so it went in off of him. And so there's plenty of uh, blame for the final goal to go around. Uh, obviously, uh, all starting with El Munir should not be lunging in for the ball when he's in a good position. And he has both the sideline and the end line to help him defend. So uh, the, the, the proper thing to do there is to back off uh, a little bit and give uh, give Auro some space and maybe just cut off his lanes and make him go somewhere else with the ball. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, unfortunately, that didn't happen. And you have to take uh, the bad plays with the good plays, because on another night, he maybe he steals that ball, starts to break up the other way and you score the game winner. Who knows? But um, that's that's soccer. Sometimes it's a pretty cruel mistress. And um, unfortunately, the Lions come home without any points uh, to show for it. You mentioned Dom being out. We did find out he didn't make the trip uh, the day of the game, which was not fun because, you know, we had asked about him earlier in the week and we were told that he was following his own training regimen and that's all well and good. Uh, But (laughs) uh, he was following it because he was injured and we weren't told that. And that kind of, uh, it's been a sore spot for me all season long with the the heightened secrecy of the injuries and calling everything a lower body injury. Lower body injury By the way, yes. Dom Dwyer has a lower body injury. <laughs> the um, dreaded yeah. lower body injury. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's really ridiculous. I mean, look at the NWSL's uh, report today. The injury report came out today. And you know that not only does Ashlyn Harris have soreness in her knee, you, ha- you have Monica with soreness in her knee. It even tells you which knee. So, um, yeah, so the NWSL better than MLS in that respect and requiring a little bit more transparency, uh, not pleased with, uh, with MLS. And of course, some of that is on the the club for, uh, not, they, they could, they could divulge more, you know, they could say if something's a calf or a quad or a knee and they, or an ankle or whatever, and they don't, they choose not to do that. So there are a lot of parts in that lower body area that could be more specific. Certainly, until the league makes them do it, they're, you know they're not going to have to do it. So it's kind of hard to get too mad at them. But at the same time, as someone reporting on the team, it's um, it's it's dirty pool, you know. It's it's frustrating, yeah. and I I would love for everybody out there to start calling it the dreaded lower body injury, not just lower body injury. And let's, let's truly, truly make fun of it everywhere online. But with Dwyer out the, you know, the start goes to Stefano Pino and, you know, Pino was just completely overmatched in the game. He was not able to hold up play to allow his midfielders to come into the game. Uh, whenever a long ball was played into him, uh, basically he was, uh, you know, he was moved off the ball within a second or two and not really giving uh, Merrim and Mueller and, and Sasha Kleshton time to get up the field and get into the attack and, and give him options. He had no uh, where to go with the ball because he wasn't giving anyone time to come up there and join him in the, uh, in the attack. And, um, you know, on the other opportunities where they tried to send him in, um, he wasn't able to beat anybody to the ball. He was not able to work his way around defenders. He was shouldered off the ball very easily. Um, you know, and Pino hasn't had a lot of playing time this year, so there's that's part of it is rust. But he also needs to be stronger physically. And, um, I, you know, we were told he was out there working on hold-up play today, so at least he's taken that, um, you know, to heart and trying to work on the things that he didn't do well uh, at Toronto. So um, we will see how that goes and uh, and if he's needed this weekend. As of, as of today, Tuesday night, um, when we record this, 
Dwyer was not back training with his teammates yet. Um, I did hear that Jim Christ is hopeful that he'll be back by this weekend. But I think at this point you have to say if he doesn't train by Thursday, he's not playing against Chicago on Saturday night. So we may get another uh, day of another game of Pino starting up top. Um, maybe it's time to change the shape again a little bit until Dom gets back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the team is 0-3-1 without Dom in the lineup this year, which uh, speaks volumes for both his value to the team as the highest paid player on the team and, uh, you know, and, and his ability as a player. So um, we missed Dom uh, and uh, he needs to be back. Another note out of training, uh, Lamine Sané picked up a knock, uh, a lower body injury. And, uh, the dreaded lower body injury. So he's, um, from what I've told, they expect him to be okay to play uh, this week. But um, uh, that's good because Amro Tarek left to go to join his Egypt teammates for international duty. Uh, he's on preliminary World Cup uh, roster. If he's on the final World Cup roster, he's going to be gone a while. So we'll find out uh, here in a week or so whether, you know, what, what's going to happen with, uh, with Amro. Uh, and Yoshimar Yutun also uh, gone to uh, join Peru. He missed the Toronto game because of yellow card suspension. And uh, now he will, he will be uh, with Peru through the World Cup, through the entirety of their World Cup run. So going to be a while without Yoshi. Uh, could be a while without Amro. And, um, you know, uh, Sané picking up a knock is a little troubling because then – what you've got left is Schuler, uh, maybe R.J. Allen. I heard Tony Rocha was playing some center back today, uh, but that's concerning. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, it's it's like I joked about last week. Uh, we don't want to be uh, yelling at the guy in the front row. Hey, have you played center back yet? But if if Sonny is out, then then that's we're almost at that level. And like you say, that's uh, disturbing to say the least. Yeah. So I mean, I've been told that they expect him to play. Uh, that he sat out today, precautionary. But uh, of course, until he's back out with his teammates, we'll I'll, I'll just that's just my nature. I'll stress out over it. I'll worry, and we'll see what happens this weekend but it looks like um right now we can probably say that Schuler will be in the lineup uh barring anything unforeseen um whether for Tarek or or Sané or both and uh, yep. so we're not sure if uh if uh, Allen would be the other guy or Rocha I mean uh, you know I like Tony Rocha I don't like about him <laughs> but he's he's not been MLS ready at his normal position so I don't know about center back you know what I mean Right. Um, so we'll see how it goes, uh, I guess, uh, and we'll we'll hope for the best, and we'll see. Uh, Scott Sutter has been getting into more and more of the training drills, so that's at least a good sign. But I still think he's a few weeks away um, from the sound of things. But we'll we'll have to see how it goes. Um, get well soon, Dom. Get well soon. Yeah. Um, so uh, you know you got a a. a Chicago Fire team coming in this weekend that hasn't been playing its best soccer yet. Uh, they do have great players like uh, Nikolic who can, you know, put three on the board on in any given day. You don't want to have center back problems against this team. No, you don't. Uh, well, you don't want to have center back problems against any team. And earlier in the year, we were talking about how it was great that we had actual three center backs. Well, <laughs> We were down to one, maybe. Well, unfortunately, um, Tarek played so well that he got the he got the notice of his national team. We weren't really right. expecting that at the time. Darn it! <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I mean, congratulations, Amro, but darn it. Uh, yeah, so it's it's a uh, that's one of those really tough things. Uh, soccer is full of disappointment, ladies and gentlemen. I don't think I'm telling anybody they, anything they don't know there, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it will be interesting to see um, uh, who we have. Hopefully, Johnson doesn't go to play another position. Um, not that he, I, I know people get on him a little bit, um, you know, but he's he he's a jack of all trades, doing the best he can uh, in a in positions that are not his natural position. And, uh, if nothing else, I mean, he's, he puts the effort in. So I, I did want to mention that, um, not that he's performing to the level that we would expect of a person in their natural position, but still he does uh, pretty good. You're absolutely right. Dom come back because, uh, we need you to want to score. All right. Who's your man of the match, uh, for the two, one loss to Toronto. Uh, it's gotta be Christian Nagita. Um, he he got the goal. He played. Um, he had one another one of those solid games that he's um, oddly had more of this year than not, um, or at least oddly for us in covering him. Um, you know, I think he uh, he he did a good job. Um, you know, bolstering that uh, defense despite goals, but he wasn't really responsible for uh, either of them. And then, like I said, added the uh, the the equalizer uh, earlier in the game. So it's it's. It was pretty easy choice for me this time. Yeah, I agree. It was an easy choice for me too. Christian has uh, had the best game, and he a nice bounce back from a tough game that he had against Atlanta. Um, he did bounce back, have a good game at Toronto. Uh, played well, I think. I thought on both ends of the field. Uh, got back to what, doing what he was doing before the Atlanta game. Didn't um, didn't try to do too much. Stayed within himself, and uh, you know played safely. And and um, you know that's what you want out of Christian Nikita. So. Uh, you know, combine that with the goal and you've got your man of the match pretty much locked up there. So good job, Christian. You're unanimous. Did I pick? That's a, that's a second one from us, did, isn't did it? Did I pick up? Did I, I don't even remember. I'm, I'm, I'm literally asking this question in a, in a very sincere way. Did I get the score right? Did I predict that right? Did you predict two on? Oh, uh, we're gonna have to have somebody tell us because I don't remember I don't either. Remember, I think I may have gone one one. I, I don't remember, but I, I kind of uh, remember thinking that at some point in the game I was thinking it can't end up like this because I picked this, but I don't remember if it was one one then or two one. So. All right, well, lis- listeners of the uh, the podcast, you're gonna have to go out and let us know because uh, if if he did pick it right. Uh, we are in uncharted territory, and it might be one of the signs of the apocalypse. I don't know. I, it could have been one-one, and I was thinking one-one. It can't end this way. I'm, I'm not sure. It's, it's. They all blend together, and I really should write this stuff down. <laughs> really should. <laughs> we should. We, people think. Uh, I, well, I don't know. Maybe they don't think we're good at our jobs, but we should write things down because we're old. Yes, that is true. All right, so. Moving on, Orlando City, of course, will play Chicago this weekend at the Purple Palace at 7.30 Saturday night. Um, be there. You know, go fill the stadium. Fill it. Um, by the way, uh, this week, that new that stadium got some new policies, Dave. It got new policies? Yeah. You don't say. Yeah. I hadn't heard anything. Yeah, you know, some people uh, decided that uh, they were going to make it rain up in here. Uh, at the end of the Atlanta match, <laughs> and it wasn't like dollar lo- it wasn't dollar dollar bills, yo. It was just it was straight trash, homie. I'm getting really I'm getting really oh, deep geez. into this, aren't I? 
I don't know if I can you might, get myself you, out. <laughs> uh, you're you're one away from taking it too far, so just I'm gonna just back. I'm gonna, I'm gonna Ant Man you. Just back it up. Back it up. I, yeah, I was I was too deep into that. I couldn't get out. Um, anyway, um, yeah. So Alex Latow and uh, Alex Wolf. Uh, held a press conference this week at the stadium announcing that there will be some new policies instituted uh, if uh, fans become unruly and uh, need to be reminded to behave themselves. There's going to be a message on the board uh, telling you to chill out and uh, stop doing that. Um, there will be a there will be videos uh, with the players asking people not to uh, do things they shouldn't be doing, like throwing things on the field. And there will be no bottles or cans in the stands this uh, or anymore for uh, for Orlando City Stadium. The uh, the stadium is going to an all pour uh, system. Everything will be put Michael in a cup. Yes, that's the end of the world as we know it. Yeah, so you will not have your can or your bottle at your seat. Now I know this does inconvenience some people who want. Who like to have their bottle of water handy, put the cap on it, you kind of nurse it throughout the game, take a drink when they want. But uh, you're going to have to do it with a cup now because uh, some knuckleheads have ruined things. Um, And, uh, you know, I can't really blame the club for doing what it needs to do to protect itself, to protect its guests. And, um, you know, protect the players and, uh, and referees because, you know, the truth is nobody got hurt, but it someone could have gotten hurt. Some of the things that were flying uh, were not things that uh, would uh, you would want to hit your six-year-old, right? No, uh, or me either, <laughs> right. frankly. Uh, it, <laughs> look, it's uh, we've we've had a lot of discussions online with various people and internally on this. And um, what I found extremely humorous was someone saying, "How am I going to get my beer from the beer guy when he comes around?" <laughs> Well, he'll pour it for you and hand it to you. Exactly. So you'll. St- I didn't think it was that tough, but evidently some people weren't getting yeah, it. And I know a lot of people were like, were, were there was a lot of there were complaints about how um, they're going to spill their beer now, and I'm like, uh, how is your beer hanging around long enough for you to spill? I mean, it's I don't, too warm I don't, to not drink it. I don't it understand quicker. the concept. Yeah, like uh, I don't understand. What are you doing? Are you just like sipping it? Are you just you know? It's not a scotch. Um, this is and <laughs> anybody who follows me on Twitter knows that this is not my biggest problem with beer in Orlando City Stadium. I won't go into it, but right. yeah. Well, go ahead. I've heard some people say that they're well. I'm not going to buy beer now because I can't have it in a can or whatever. And I'm like, well, I, I can understand you not buying it before because of the prices. I you know I can't understand. I can't. Especially the beer that you and I drink. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 kind of strange. And I and I told one person what you know he said he didn't drink, and I said, well, so your problem is you you you're not willing to drink water out of a plastic cup. You you can only drink it out of a plastic <laughs> bottle. I don't know. And then other people the, were, you The know, opening is too big, and they have a drinking problem, like in airplane, and so it's going to get all over them if they don't have a bottle. People that were upset, I can just, I can only imagine that they're worried that they're going to get a, a letter in the mail, maybe a registered letter, Ooh. saying that uh, we caught you on video throwing something on the field. Uh, by the way, there were 38 people identified, beyond shadow of a doubt, 38 people positively identified from multiple sources, um... Uh, multiple angles 
and those 38 people will be getting banned from the stadium for one to two years. I've heard a lot of people crying about the length of this, but I, you know, I've done a lot of thinking about how difficult it would be to land on a, uh, a fair amount of time. Uh, you can honestly, you know, and it's going to be based on how, what, what Alex Latow said, the, the level of involvement in the incident. So, you know, I imagine it has that was to coded. Do, I imagine it has to do with how much, like what you threw, um, you know, and that kind of thing, and and you know what what happened on the on the thing, and it it, it it really will go back to behavior. But you don't think that has anything to do with who the person is, also? I don't think so. I don't. I, okay. I think for me, the thing that I found most difficult is how do you how do you reconcile um, a suspension from the stadium? Uh, when you're talking about maybe one person who's a season ticket holder and comes to seven, uh, 17 home games and another person who maybe comes to three home games a year, right? I mean, it's really mm-hmm. difficult to, to figure that out. Like, where is the happy medium there? Because, um, you know, obviously there's a, the, the amount of time. You can give them the same amount of time, but it's not the same amount of games. And it's, Right, that's not equal. Right. No. So it's it's kind of difficult, and I appreciate that the the difficult uh, position that the the club was put into here, trying to f- figure out what exactly they were going to do. But you know, there there are policies that have been in place about throwing things on the field, and and um, you know that it's in the fan code of conduct and that kind of thing. So it it's stuff that's been it's been on the books, and now it's like now we're we're gonna we're gonna start acting on this. Uh, they're also going to install some more cameras, so if things like this happen again, more people will get caught. And so basically, you just don't want to do this. You don't want to, you don't want to be a jerk. You don't want to throw things. Uh, it doesn't help anybody. It doesn't do anything good. You may be frustrated. You may think that you, the the ref has it out for your team, which we've said repeatedly on this program that yes, you, know, yeah. <laughs> you should never confuse ineptitude with uh, someone being out to get you. Um, Correct. And uh, and you know the. The bottom line is that that's not proper behavior, and if you're condoning that behavior or you think it's no big deal, you're more part of the problem than you are the solution because there are, are way more of us who think that you shouldn't be throwing things uh, than there are that you think that it's okay to do it. And uh, Well, there I, were 20-some thousand fans there, and they've uh, banned 38. Now, granted, those were the 38 that they knew for absolute certainty. There were more right, you can't get a that pic- they couldn't determine yeah, you, but you can't take a pixelated still, a small shot fraction. of somebody you can't take a pixelated shot and say that's definitely you know so and so and other people may have paid cash for a supporters section um you know seat their supporter section mm-hmm. uh, ticket and they don't know who it is necessarily and and that kind of Correct. thing and then some people sell their tickets their game tickets so you can look at it and even if you uh like I was talking to somebody this week about like, well, they, they know where everybody's sitting. I was like, well, what if that person sells their tickets or in this standing section, you can stand pretty much anywhere. So how do you know who's who, right. you know, you have to be able to identify them. And that's what they did. They, 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 they caught the 38 people so far. They're still working on it, but they've caught 38 people that they could positively identify for sure. Uh, they were incredibly diligent about making yeah. sure that they didn't, do more harm than good in the laying down of the law here. Um, to those who called this a knee-jerk reaction, I would like to remind you that it took them a week of studying the problem and thinking about it before they acted. That's not a knee-jerk reaction. A knee-jerk reaction would be to come out that night and do you know lay all this out that night. They gave this 
quite a bit of thought. Um, overall, Dave, what do you think of the appropriateness of not only the the measures that the club has taken, but also the length of the bands? Uh, I think it's as fair as it can be um, as far as the length of the band goes. Like you said, it's it's impossible to uh, – keeping track of how many games a person – you know, you could tell somebody, okay, you're not allowed to come back for X amount of games. Well, for somebody, if they only come to two a year, you could be talking 10 years you know, versus a season ticket holder. Right. So it's um, – it, it, that's – that would – and that would be ridiculous. So – there will be people who feel that it's impacting them more than somebody who doesn't come as much. Okay, well, guess what? Don't throw stuff on the field. Um, there's a, uh, a rule um, that uh, I don't know who of the listeners remember Will Wheaton, but Will Wheaton was uh, played a uh, the kid on Star Trek uh, Next Generation, and he's a big gamer guy. He went to a conference years ago uh, when all the online, like the kids were online yelling and saying, you know, bad things to each other. And he basically went out and did this speech and he said, look, don't be a dick. And it became known as the, the Wheaton Law or the Will, Re- Will Wheaton Rule. And I think we should apply that to all situations. I've taught my kids that. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the basis of what I've taught them. Just basically, like if they – when they argued, I would say – Will Wheaton rule, and they would know, okay, stop being a dick. Mm-hmm. Same thing goes here. Don't be a dick. Don't throw stuff. One, uh, let's let's say that you have been drinking and you're throwing your beer can. One, why are you throwing away the beer? Two, if you have been having some beer, you might not be as good of a thrower as you think you are, and you could club somebody in the head with that thing. Three, even if you get it all the way to the field, maybe you hit a player, maybe you hit a, a photographer, who knows? It's... It's a really dumb thing to do, and one would hope that we want Orlando City um, followers, whatever you want to call them, fans, supporters, etc. It doesn't matter what you call them. People who are in the stands at Orlando City games, you want them to be an example for the rest of the nation and the rest of the league, not the one that gets laughed at by the rest of the nation and the rest of the league. Exactly. It's uh, just be embody the 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 person that you think that that you know that people can would aspire to be like. You know, we all get we all get mad. We all lose our cool. But right there, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. You're you're about ten. You're about a hundred times more likely to hit our poor photographer who's not getting paid to be there than you are right. at hitting you know that referee that made you mad. Um, you know, he's not generally going to hang out beyond the end line where you can get him, or beyond the sideline where you, can, you know, those those things are not getting there. Most uh, many of the people who threw things didn't make it out of their section, so they're hitting their their fellow fans. It, it's just not it's not a good look. It's not it, it's not a thing that should be done. We don't condone it in any way. And you know, if you think it's harsh, well, you know, it's it's like your opinion, man. But right. uh, at the same time, you know, the club needed to come out and make a strong statement. We're not tolerating this. You know, if you give somebody three game ban, big freaking deal. You know, oh, next, yeah. See you guys next month. You know, that's <laughs> right. that's like you know, you catch your kid doing something bad. You don't ground them for two minutes. You you know, you don't they'll take away the video game for like a half an hour. You you take it away for a week or a month or something, you know, it's 
you you have to you have to send the message and and I think that the club did an okay I think the club did about as well as could be expected. This is a very it's a very tricky thing. You do not want to to alienate the people that have you know have been your patrons. That's not not what you're about. Uh, but at the same time, you have to make this a comfortable environment for everyone. And I think in the end that I think that the fan base is smart enough to learn from this. Look, if if you are condemning the club in bringing out this new policy. I think you're on the wrong side of history mm, and, yeah. you know, tweet at me, whatever you want, but it's, this is, this is something that shouldn't have even had to been instituted because it shouldn't have happened in the first place. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, you can allow a, a lone idiot to act alone, but don't, join that person and say well that person did it so i'm gonna do it and look how passionate we are that's not passion it's no it's 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 thuggish behavior it's ridiculous it's It's mob mentality it's petulant it makes you look like a baby that didn't get its way and threw all of its toys out of the crib and it's just not it doesn't nobody around the country will look at at this and say "Ooh, look at that passion nobody nobody's doing that um no they're just saying, you know, what a bunch of spoiled babies that, you know, they, they can't take, uh, you know, a bad call. We've all dealt with bad calls in our, you know, in our sporting lives, uh, whether it's been while you're on the field or on the court or, or wherever, or if one of your teams, we've all dealt with it. And it's, it, yes, it's frustrating. Yes. You feel like it's costing your team the game, but you know what else costs your team? The game is not allowing the team to play the last 90 seconds because you've made an unsafe environment on the pitch. So, um, absolutely right. And that's what happened to Orlando city against Atlanta when they were really, um, probably, I mean, they, they may never have. They may not have scored in that 90 seconds, but they definitely nope, look. Never know. They look dangerous, and they de- definitely were getting the ball forward. So, um, you know, you never know what could have happened. But uh, these policies, Dave, are now in place, and uh, we will we will have them uh, moving forward. And it's time to move on, and to behave better, and to make the collective MLS world uh, and soccer world forget uh, about this event. And um, my, my only last point is I never drink beer out of a can anyway. <laughs> and behave, just behave better in the future. And by the way, uh, and Alex Latow was careful to point this out, and we pointed this out last week, Not mm-hmm. it was not just coming from the supporters section. It was coming from all areas of the grandstand. So, and, and, Correct. And many of the people that were identified were not from the supporters section at all. So Absolutely. There you go. Um and we will we'll see we'll see if the if the next uh, bad call happens and we'll see what we've you know what we've learned from or whatever and the the ironic thing was just that it it yes it was an unevenly and poorly officiated contest but the straw that broke the camel's back even though it looked like a foul at the uh, live motion uh, it wasn't even a foul so no it was not and unfortunately for Will Johnson his face is now a meme um, <laughs> well he's been so, a meme before it's not uh he has he makes some That's really true. great faces he really <laughs> does i mean let's let's give it to the man he's, he, he's good for faces. meme making 
Yeah, I, I I've always enjoyed the expressive uh, expressive faces. We've we've caught many of them. Uh, our photographers have caught many of them. They're great. Um, let's turn our attention to the Orlando Pride. They have two games. It's a double game week for the Pride. Uh, they face the first place North Carolina Courage Wednesday night. Come to the stadium, see that game. There's a lot of U.S. Women's National Team players involved. Not only Orlando's with uh, Morgan and Harris, but uh, you know if you got Crystal Dunn. And Abby Dahlkemper, and and on and on and on, a really um, uh, outstanding roster from the North Carolina Courage. They finished last year as the runners-up, and um, they are a, a very high-quality team. Have not been beaten yet, and Orlando City has had or Orlando Pride, I, sh- I should say, has had uh, have had some success against this team uh, in years past. Beat them two out of three times last year. And um, they split their games, uh, each winning the home game the year before that. So um, this is a team that Orlando has had uh, their number a little bit, has been able to play with uh, toe-to-toe, even though they've been basically the class of the league, them and Portland, and Orlando Pride coming off a win over Portland. So uh, this is a very important stretch of games. I think it'd be great to see a big crowd at Orlando City Stadium. And uh, then the Pride will take uh, go back on the road for two games. They will play at... Uh, Chicago and Seattle. In fact, they've got the lifetime game of the week on um, Saturday, so it's a it's an Orlando versus Chicago doubleheader, although in different cities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. I, I I do want to go back to uh, the game that's going to be tonight as as this podcast uh, drops uh, against the Courage, and mention that uh, Ali Krieger is buying a beer for the first 150 people. To show up at the stadium, so well they got to buy the tickets through that link that was that we that we posted right. in Lion Link. So if you buy your tickets through there, you're one of the first 150 to do that. And we don't know if that's still good or not. But, we have no uh, idea because we're recording early. But uh, I mean, it it's worth see. a shot. Yeah, do it and see. You know, click on the and link, buy your ticket, and even if you don't get the free beer, you're you're probably going to enjoy still... a good soccer game. And I, I only wanted to bring it up to to give Ali kudos for uh, doing something to get you know, people out to the game. So, um, you know, cause obviously Michael and I, we keep wanting everybody to go and, and, uh, I don't know. Uh, I think maybe people will listen to Allie more than us. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wonder how much of it really is Allie and how much of it's Allie putting her face on a, you know, a marketing campaign, but it's, you know what? Who it's, cares? It's great either way. I think North Carolina actually give their, um, I think they, that, that, that team gives, uh, that. gives, yeah. a, I think they give a beer, to every home game to uh, to um, season ticket holders. If you buy a season ticket holder, I think you get a beer every game. So that's pretty I, good. And then they they also have a uh, they have a uh, an award after the game for their player of the game, which is is beer uh, centric also. You know, if uh, there are several craft beers, including <laughs> Orlando craft beers, that are in the stadium, uh, that might be a great advertising thing for one of them to do at pride games is to offer something like that to, uh, to everybody. Yes. Offer it to me first. And then <laughs> if that goes really well, then you can expand the program. That's what I, I think so, uh, a couple of big games for the pride, of course, uh, going back on the road, they're going to Chicago and Seattle after the home game against uh, North Carolina to, uh, cross off this, uh, tough stretch of the season where they've got five out of six on the road and the one home game against the unbeaten first place team. Uh, they've already done quite well on this, uh, 
the first three games of this section mm-hmm. of they've they've got two wins and a draw on the road. If they get a home win against North Carolina, maybe get a, another point uh, either at Chicago or Seattle. That's a phenomenal stretch of games uh, at a time when the offense hasn't even been clicking. So uh, go support the pride. Uh, the pride actually when they go to Seattle will not have Ashlyn Harris or Alex Morgan. Uh, assuming that they get called up to the U.S. Women's National Team for the friendlies against China because for some reason Jill Ellis decided that uh, she wants everybody there on the 1st, and even though the game isn't until the 7th, because uh, Jill Ellis is going to Jill Ellis. Because reasons, I guess we don't care about the <laughs> we don't care about the you know the the domestic uh, league. Uh, we could we, actually we could go into this. I don't know if you want to, but we could absolutely go into uh, that. I, I just I think we both are against this. Um, we both are in agreement that a couple of training sessions, especially for veterans like Morgan and Harris. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not worth pulling them from their their national or for their from their club team duties. I mean, you not know, when you're trying to grow the league. I, yeah, I, we both are in agreement. The U, U.S. Soccer Federation has a vested interest in the success of the NWSL as a as a place for their players to play, as a, a place to keep their players fit, and and playing against some of the top competition in the world and. Uh, and not over, you know, overtaxing them to call them in from Europe on, uh, you know, for friendlies and that kind of thing. So they have an interest in doing what's right for the league and growing the league and, and making sure that the league flourishes. And, and this is just not the way to do that. It's just uh, there's no point in doing it. Two extra training sessions before a pair of friendlies with China. That's not going to get you through your World Cup qualifying. And I know I know that Harris did play a little bit last time, but historically speaking, Ellis does not play Harris. So having her not go out there six days early, yeah, I think it would be okay. Exactly. It's it's that's a sore point, and somebody brought that up when we first put it uh, out there on Twitter. Was uh, oh, I look forward to not seeing Ashlyn Harris play and miss a game mm-hmm. for no reason, because that's probably what's going to happen. You're going to see Alyssa there in both of those games against China, and very uh, likely, you know, it's 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 just it's a shame that the U.S. Soccer Federation is is treating the NWSL like this, and they're going to pull all of their star players that week from that weekend's games, and of course, it's going to affect some teams more than others, but um, you know, in the end, it's unnecessary. I mean. It's just unnecessary. So as much as I support the U.S. Women's National Team, I think they're very much in the wrong on this one. So, um, you know, well, but, you know, the pride of a chance to, to have a, an outstanding stretch in what looks to be their toughest stretch of the season uh, schedule-wise, and that will set them up nicely for a uh, back half run toward uh, the top of the table. So uh, this will Indeed. this will be a great uh, barometer, Dave, for mm-hmm. uh, to see where the pride is uh, in relation to North Carolina and, um, you know, how much work still needs to be done. So go out and, and check that out. And we've got more coming on the pride with our special guest. We'll get to that interview right after this. Joining us this week on the Mainland Podcast, we're very pleased to have with us from the Orlando Pride, Tony Presley. Tony, thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. 
So uh, it's been an interesting year so far for the Prides. A little bit of comings and goings from the from the various uh, players on the team, the internationals, and that kind of thing. It's kind of kept the roster, or at least you know the starting lineup, a bit uh, in flux, and it's allowed you to get uh, onto the field quite a bit this year in in various positions. Um, how do you feel that your your personally your season is going uh, so far, as well as the teams? Um, I think personally. I'm- Going well, I think you know I have played multiple positions um, thus far in the season, and you know just whatever the team needs of me is you know what I'm going to do, and whatever I'm asked of is what I'm happy to do for the team. And you know I find myself in the back, and you know to the wide left, and in the midfield. And um, as I said, whatever the team needs, I'm happy to do. And I think collectively as a group, I think we're we're um, what unbeaten in six right now, and I think we're finally, you know, hitting that that streak. I think if we can keep this going and have a good game against Carolina. I think we'll have a good run um, and certainly make a good run for playoffs. Now you mentioned uh, Carolina coming up. What uh, what are the challenges uh, both for yourself uh, in that match and then also the team? I think just personally, like just being focused, um, being ready and having a good game, being strong mentally, and, um, you know, focused for a whole 90 minutes. Um, and then, you know, for, as a team, I think North Carolina, they are, they're a good team. They're number one. They haven't, they haven't lost yet, and um, they're fast, they're physical, they're a blue-collar, hard-working team, and I think we need to match that mentality, and then I think we need to impose our style of play, and I think if we do those two things first, or sorry, do those two things with first matching that mentality. I think we'll come out on top, but I think, you know, we need to go in and have a good mindset and stay focused for a whole 90 minutes and know that it's not going to be a walk in the park. They're a really good team. And I think if we come out ready, we'll, we'll have a good game. How much does it help you as a player and how much does it help the team? If any, um, to know that you've had success against a very good North Carolina team over the last couple of years. I think, you know, it always um, puts a bit of confidence there. I think, you know, we know they're a good team and we know that we've beaten them before. They are beatable, um, as is any team, but we definitely need to come with our A game in order to to win. And I think, you know, at at home, such a great advantage for us. Um, Haven't been home in, what, two games now, so people are excited about that. And I think as long as we, you know, stick to the game plan and collectively as a group and – you know, all 18 people are ready to do whatever it takes when they're called upon, and I think we'll win. Uh, speaking of that uh, home field advantage, uh, what is it like for you playing in Orlando City Stadium in front of uh, the Pride fans? Um, uh, describe that for us. Oh, it's phenomenal. I think we have the best atmosphere. I love our fans. It's so intimate, and they're wonderful, and wall is amazing and it's also pretty neat that I get to play in front of my family every home game so because um, they get to come up since I'm from you know only an hour and a half away so um, every home game is pretty special for me. Do you guys do anything um, in training to simulate what like what a crystal dun brings to the field? Uh, is, there <laughs> an, is there any way to like you know get a sense of her? Um. I think, you know, she's just a handful. I don't think there's anything 
anyone that's quite like her. But uh, I think we've gone over, you know, tactically how we're going to defend, how we're going to attack, and how we want to um, how we want to just go out and play our game against their very unique formation of that four two 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 basically. So we've gone over video and film and. Um, Tom has even drawn up some things for us. I think, you know, we're prepared and I think we just need to stay focused and, um, you know, go out and win. Uh, Switching gears slightly, uh, obviously I know that you have the same goals as the team, um, you know, making the playoffs and, um, uh, you know, going further than, than last year. What about yourself personally as a as a player? Um, what is it that you're hoping to accomplish just for you? I understand that it might help the team, but you know what what goals are you yeah. setting for yourself? I think just you know bringing my a game um, anytime that I'm called upon, um, and I think just training to the best of my ability as well, giving the team you know a hundred percent of whatever I have to give, um, whether I'm playing or I'm not playing, I think. Um, you know, you can never tell. And um, as I've played in games and I haven't played in games, but just try to be positive and understand that, you know, my role may change throughout the season and just be ready for when I'm called upon. And I think that's the biggest thing, just stay ready, be positive, and, you know, give all that I have at training and in games and to my teammates, you know, on and off the field. Now, Tony, you guys are in the midst of probably the toughest stretch of the season. You have the the five road games with the one home game uh, lodged in between, and the one home game just happens to be against an unbeaten team. Um, but already in this stretch, you've you got your first ever win against Chicago, first ever win against Portland. Uh, do things feel a little bit different, and how do you feel the team is positioned once you get out of this uh, tough stretch of games? I think, you know, we're doing doing much better than we were, you know, at this time last year. So I think, you know, that's something to be excited about. Um, and I don't think we're playing our best soccer yet. So I think that's also something to be quite excited about, too. Um, you know, we have everyone back now. And I think we're finally getting comfortable learning each other and things like that. And I think, you know, um, if we come out tomorrow prepared and we get a win, I think it's just going to you know, carry momentum into these next away games. Now, you mentioned being prepared. Um, you're fairly, uh, at least within our community, fairly well-known uh, vegan and uh, <laughs> cook. M- my question is not the how hard is it being a vegan and a professional athlete. I'm sure you've gotten that a million times. My question is, <laughs> when will we re- see the return of what's cooking with Tony Presley? Because... Uh, frankly, you went from episode one with 8,000 views to episode four with 57,000 views. And I think that wow. that growth speaks to an audience that wants to see this. Wow. Um, I'm not certain, but, you know, hopefully I can do it again soon. I really enjoy it. And it's fun having different teammates on every time I think, you know, the audience and fans really enjoy that because they get to get to know a bit um, about, you know, teammates they don't know too much about, like our rookies and whatnot. But, yeah, I hope I get to do it soon, and uh, I gotta come up with some good recipes to show people. Then, I guess, <laughs> give the people what they want. <laughs> uh, that, we we are waiting. Those of us who have watched, <laughs> just bring it back. It's like it's it's like a television show that's gone away. It's on hiatus. You're like, when's it coming back? Oh no! <laughs> right. Oh. Uh, instead of Game of Thrones, it's Game of Tones, I guess. Um, oh, that was so bad, amazing. Tony. Um, 
I'm glad that Dave. I'm glad Dave brought up the the vegan thing because from your first year with the Pride to your second, I don't think I've seen an athlete transform themselves physically as ever as much as as what you did. Part of that was the diet change. Part of it was a, a workout change. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, the workout part of it, and also maybe what attracted you to to trying the vegan lifestyle. Yeah, so, um, you know, my first year here didn't, you know, wasn't the season that I envisioned having. And um, luckily, I just stayed in Orlando in the off season, was able to use the facilities and take advantage of deals. And um, I had my whole entire off season scripted out for me from everything from my weights to my my running and recovery. And I just stuck to it. And I knew that I wanted to make a change and I wanted to be better because I knew that, you know, what I had shown wasn't the real me. So, yeah, I just stuck with it and it was hard at times, you know, being out there almost every day by myself and around, I think around just before Christmas, I was interested in um, what being vegan was all about and, I got a cookbook and I just started trying places around town and I was like, whoa, like this food is like pretty good. (laughs) Cause I think vegan food has this like, um, like the stigma around it that it's terrible, that it's bland, that it just tastes like rubbish. And so it was really good. And I kind of just stuck with it. Um, kind of don't really know why actually so random, but I'm glad that I did. And now I'm not going back. So I think, yeah, definitely the, the diet and the the fitness regime definitely helped me get to a place where I knew I should have been. And, um, yeah, I've been happy and going really well. You uh, mentioned, uh, you know, people being able to get to know uh, the rookies. Um, who, uh, is there anybody who has, has stuck out to you or impressed you so far this season? Uh, you know, one of the new players? I think, um, not necessarily a rookie, but M, Emily Van Egmond. Sure. I've played with her before, and I haven't um, played with her in a long time. And, of course, I've seen her on TV, but just having her here in person, um, you just realize and remember how gifted she is um, with her movement, with her technical ability. And I think she's really exciting to watch um, and happy to be playing with her again. And I'm happy she's here because I think she brings a lot of quality to our squad. Well, Tony, before we let you get out of here, I just uh, wanted to bring this back to something you said earlier about not really the team, not really playing its best soccer yet. I think we, we have expected probably to see more, uh, goals being scored, for example. Uh, how does the team take that next step and and start playing its best soccer? I think just knowing that we have so much more to give and we have so much far further to go as a team and um, individually. I think, like as you said, we probably haven't been scoring as many goals as we wanted as we wanted to. But I think you know it's going to come. And I think if we keep pushing and we keep believing um, those things will happen for us. And I think once we have that breakout game where we score like three or four goals, like it's, we're going to completely change and we're going to take off. So I'm just excited for that because I know we have it in us and I know 
um, you know, we have shutouts now. So I think the next piece is like having the attacking ability. Uh, Tony Presley from the Orlando Pride, thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate you stopping by, and, and we wish you the best of luck, not only against North Carolina, but uh, the rest of the season. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. All right, Dave, let's head into some stoppage time now. Before we do that, we want to thank again uh, Tony Presley for being here. We had a little, some, some connectivity issues, but uh, other, I think overall you could hear what Tony had to say mostly, and uh, yeah. it was nice to have her on. Oh, absolutely. She was a lovely interview, and uh, it was. Uh, I, I wasn't actually kidding about that whole uh, cooking with Tony Presley thing. I wanted to come back. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'd be down with it if they had more bacon in vegan food. <laughs> <laughs> it might go against the whole yeah. thing, but okay. A little more bacon, you know, some steak, and some pork, and I'm there. So I think what you can do <laughs> is whatever they're using tofu, you just substitute steak. Yeah, that sounds good. There you go. All right. Uh, Dave, we have uh, our Ask the Mainland podcast uh, segment here. You can ask us anything. Uh, you can do that on Twitter by hitting us up on uh, at the mainland and uh, using the hashtag ask tmlpc nobody did that this week unfortunately but that's okay um because we to be fair we didn't ask soon enough we, i only asked like three hours ago but you know what should i really have to ask people to ask me questions i know maybe they just enjoy you know wanting us to want them to i don't know <laughs> but so consider us asking now okay so yeah anytime you want to know anything doesn't matter uh hit us up Ask the Mainland Podcast anything at hashtag AskTMLPC on at the Mainland, or you can hit us up on Gmail, our Gmail mm-hmm. account. You can do that. Uh, we are the Mainland at gmail.com. Ask us anything you like. We don't have a question in the email. We don't have a question in the Twitter, but we do have a question from our friend Mark Johnson, correct? We do indeed have a, a uh, question from our friend Mark Johnson. So, uh, you know, friend of the uh, the podcast. And uh, do you want to read it? Or do you want me to? You can read it. How may I enlighten uh, Mark Johnson today? Well, uh, since you haven't seen Deadpool two, which is what he originally wanted to ask. Yes, that answer is no. I have not seen Deadpool two yet. And thus, he had to go to question number two. Here you go. What effect will the potential move of Patrick Vieira from NYCFC have on their ability to remain in top form? Well, that's a great question, and I don't know that it's answerable because the the fact is we don't know a couple of things. First of all, we don't know how much really is Patrick Vieira to be credited for New York City FC's uh, success. could he be a like an average manager that just has a great team or is this something that he's doing and he's a genius i don't i don't know the answer to that question so that makes it hard uh from that perspective then the other unknown is who replaces him um if he's Mm -hmm. replaced by somebody who's good uh there is a very good chance that uh that they will continue to be successful although it would have to be somebody really that is adept at um, using the players sort of mostly the way that they've been used. Because I don't think you can, like, if you, if you bring somebody in and it's somebody who, um, for example, let's say uh, Jason Christ disciple and he wants to play 4-4-2 diamond. 
maybe mm-hmm. that's not the best suited uh, formation for the players that they have. I mean, it's it's really kind of hard to say. There's too many variables, but I think with their roster, they'll probably still be able to um, make the playoffs. I think that they're a quality enough team to do that, and uh, it would be interesting to see if Vieira does leave if his one of his assistants steps up into that uh, head coaching role. Yeah, I I agree. I think it. Uh, I I would love to see him move on from there, not because of you know any ill will towards him, um, just because any time that there's turnover that can create havoc in a team. And since it's not our team, I would love to see it. Uh, additionally, you know, of course, the rumors are that he would go replace Arsene Wenger at uh, Arsenal, and so he would have to build that up again, which once again. Uh, not my team in the EPL, so okay, cool. Um, but you're right. Uh, you know they do have quality players. It it may or may not be his team, so to speak. Um, he might be the beneficiary of a stocked cabinet of players. But uh, regardless, um, I would like to see uh, Patrick move on. Just like I said, because so it you know disturbs things. While we're at it, why don't we have uh, Tata Martino? Uh, get uh, the U.S. men's national team coaching job so that uh, Atlanta has to do something and all will be well with the world. I like it. Let's make that so. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you brought up... You've heard it. I, I made... I made. You're right. I made the, the, the Star Trek reference That's earlier. Right. That, was, that was my fault. Yes. By the way, Will Wheaton, yeah. fa- fantastic narrator for the audiobook of Ready Player One. Oh, I can imagine so. And a great uh, Twitter follow. Yes, also that. And his uh, his brief appearances on uh, The Big Bang Theory are pretty darn good, too. Oh, yeah, they're excellent. <clears throat> yes. All right, so um, that's all the mail we had this week, Dave. So AskTMLPC is the hashtag on Twitter. Tweet us at, at the mainland. Hit us up on the old-fashioned email at themainland at gmail.com. And, you know, if you ask us as many questions as Mark Johnson does, then we might start mentioning you as a friend of the podcast as well. There you go. Uh, Dave, we actually have two five-star reviews to read. Um, what? Yeah. Uh, the, the, the iTunes uh, reviews have been coming in. They're very good. We're up to a composite rating of four and a half. I feel uh, like so Sally Fields. Uh, and we've got two. One of them we should have read last week. I don't think I saw it Ooh. somehow. Uh, Foster46 uh, has, uh, has left us a five-star review. Says, this is without any doubt the best podcast for Orlando City fans. It also has some interesting guests. So we thank you, Foster, for that uh, that nice uh, review. And also we have from Tampa OC supporter, Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael and Dave do an excellent job of match analysis and preview, cover all aspects of Orlando City, Pride, and OCB, and have great insights from guests. If you ever want your voice to be heard, they also have fan question segments where they answer all kinds of crazy things. Highly recommend. So uh, we thank you for that Tampa OC supporter as well. And so there you go. We, we just talked about the asking us anything, and, and there's, a, there's a, a reference to it. So, okay, so I'm calling out Tampa OC. We're going to see a... Uh ask the TMLPC uh, question from you this uh, coming podcast, right? Yeah, let's get some questions in. We can, you can, Come uh, on. we'll let you know. I mean, who knows? We don't know what this person's name is. He could have emailed us. Or could have he could us. have already. If And if he has, please let us know because I, I certainly yeah. don't want to, you know, but... Uh, or she. It could be a sheep. Or sheep. Yeah. Sure, kid, whatever, dog. Who knows? 
Uh, if that's a typing dog, we need to get that thing on, you know, on uh, the late night shows. If, it, if it's a typing dog, he can take my he can take my place. I mean, because I can't compete with that. Yes, uh, typing dog, you will now have uh, lion legs for Monday. Oh, that's very <laughs> true. All right, uh, thanks guys for uh, the five star reviews. If you read, if you leave us a five star review on iTunes, we'll read it. Not because uh, we want to. Uh, take part in a wank fest or anything but it's uh it's just nice to hear and um also it is uh, our only real way of rewarding you for <laughs> for your kindness so thank you for that <clears throat> all right dave before we get out of here of course we've got uh, orlando city against the chicago fire in a very important contest suddenly with orlando city having lost the last two games uh it's a home game orlando city needs to bounce back might not have dwyer um might be uh, a little light in the uh, center back position. Uh, what is your key matchup for this game? And what is your score prediction for Saturday night? Yeah. Thanks to all of the, uh, the notifications we got in regards to personnel or possible personnel, uh, uh, you know, changes for uh, this this match makes this one really tough because initially my focus was going to be, Okay, we just need to start scoring again, and hopefully Dom Dwyer will come back and and provide that spark, and we can get some goals. And then we hear that uh, you know Sane may or may not be in there, and then the focus shifts to the other end of the field and making sure that we have center back play. So I yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna stick with my original and say that uh, we need to get back on the uh, the the front foot. We need to get back on scoring. Um, I'm going to assume that Dom is good, at least mostly comes back, creates some doubt, uh, and allows uh, Orlando to score some goals. So the the matchup is going to be Orlando scoring versus um, Chicago's uh, defense, which is not the best in the league. So um, if uh, they can score more um, than whatever center backs or non-center backs in center back position – are doing, I think we might be okay. I, if Sonny, I'm gonna I'm gonna do what you do. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in a a, a, a little uh, asterisk here. If if Lamine is in, I think we win two one. If he is not playing, I think it's a one one draw. All right, fair enough. Uh, I think that Orlando City right now is in a a delicate position considering injuries, considering everything that's uh, going on um, with uh, with players possibly being out with some of the guys already gone for international duty. Um, and, uh, you know, not, not riding the best form the last couple of games, and it's kind of hard to say. It's it's For me, I think the big, big question mark, certainly Sané is a big question mark, but Dwyer to me is a bigger question mark. If he can't go, that's a big-time issue. Um some potential um, disruption or, or distraction in Chicago this week. You know, we're getting reports that Fernando Torres um, may be in negotiations with the fire. So maybe there's some guys there that are a little worried about their jobs. It's kind of hard to say, but um, boy, this team could use a Fernando Torres, actually. <laughs> right. City could. Um, yeah, Chicago. Uh, has not been on a great run of form overall. It's been, uh, you know, we're hearing that somebody was telling me Dax might not play in this game. Um, 
so I usually start in the midfield, but I think for this this time out, I think I'm going to say that I've got to go with uh, can Orlando City's center backs, whoever they may be, cope with uh, Nemanja Nikolic? Uh, I think that to me is a is the the biggest matchup uh, problem on the field. Um, we might see the return of our old buddy Rafael Ramos in this game. He played three minutes last week. Uh, yep. So we could see that. I, I, I definitely think that Nikolic has been a problem uh, for Orlando City since he's come into the league. Um, you know, they've they've got some good good players. It's a team that's not off to a great start, but I, I certainly think that they're capable of doing what, more than what they've done so far. So, the yeah, that's the big one for me. Can they stop Nikolic? Uh, Nikolic at the... Not only against the the back four, but also uh, through that defensive midfield, which will uh, almost certainly be Gita and uh, Rossell again uh, this week, unless there's a shape change, I would say. Um, and then uh, Richard Sanchez, the goalkeeper for the Fire, has been uh, pretty decent, so I'd say he's a he's a guy that um, you know Orlando City's gonna have to find a way to score against him. If if Dom's not in the in the lineup, that's uh, a big problem. Uh, that's or at least that's it's shown to be a big problem uh, because the goal last week came from a good run by a fullback and a defensive midfielder's shot on goal. So um, none of the offensive weapons that Orlando City have. Uh, has uh, were able to get in on the scoreboard uh, last weekend against Toronto. So those are what I'm. Those are the those are the big things that I'll be looking for this week. So despite uh, me choosing the offense and you choosing the defense, we both hedged our bets on offense and defense. So essentially, we're in agreement, which is never good. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, but I think the primary one is stopping Nikolic. You see, you see the primary one is Orlando City scoring. Uh, more so, I just that was my initial one before I heard about Sane, and I just kind of decided to stick with it. Uh, but uh, yeah, still. Uh, so what we do know now, listeners, is that everything will be decided in the midfield. Yeah, uh, where they happen to have Bastian Schweinsteiger and Tony Chani and potentially Dax. I mean, who knows? Um, well, if 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 the uh, if if Dax uh, Ginger McCarty is not in there, then I feel a little bit better. Yeah, but and I say that as gingers. They so still, they still that. have Basti, so um, that's they not, do have Basti. Not a bad but I, I know, but I, I had to bring up the whole ginger thing because I'm a ginger. All right. Well, I, I didn't give you my that. score prediction yet, so I think oh, to me, on. I'm gonna go with um, just a gut feeling that this this feels like a two-two game. That's all I can say. To me, it feels like a two-two game, and I think that oh. that would jibe well with. Um, uh, Chicago not being in great form, and also Orlando City uh, maybe being a little bit of trouble at the back. So I I can't argue with you, but uh, although we did talk about you not doing your gut, doing your head, yeah. but the two hard the two harder ones would be Orlando City getting two goals, uh, <laughs> especially if Dom doesn't play. So yeah, you know, uh, I don't know. Uh, it's there's not uh, been a, there's not been a glut of shutouts for Orlando City this year. Unfortunately, no, there haven't been. So um, we'll see. We'll see if the lads can come up big on uh, Saturday night against the fire and, um, you know, get things uh, back uh, going the right direction. It's 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 interesting. I like to read the body language and, and see how the, you know, the, the powers that be are kind of um, handling things. And it really feels like to me that the, the players and coaching staff, um, they don't seem to to feel like they're on a bad run right now. 
they no, they, they don't. seem like they're still pretty confident. So uh, I think that's a good sign. I think that Jason Christ really likes his team this year, and I think that we've seen an un um, just an unending and just continuous. Um, almost a swagger from him this year that wasn't there in the past that he feels good about his team. So we'll see. He's been much more active on social media this year. He has, I think he's trying to be the, the kinder, gentler, uh, Jason Christ this year, but (laughs) the, uh, the, the scowling on the sideline with his arms crossed Jason Christ. But I I feel like if the, if the team doesn't win this game, that some of the, some of the fire Christ people will be back in droves because, you know, you can't have, uh, you can't have uh, troughs. You can only have crests, right? You can't have can't have the gullies. You can only have the hills uh, to make everybody happy. Um, right, because that's how things work. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we will we will do it all up on Saturday night. Next week, you and I will be back here to talk about Orlando City against the Chicago Fire. We'll be back here to talk about the Pride against both the Red Stars away and uh, North Carolina Courage at home. We're even going to have a little bit of U.S. men's national team to talk about with the Bolivia friendly. So we've got a very busy show next week. Just to warn everybody now that we're, we're probably next week will be a long one. Yeah, this one was for our standards pretty short. So uh, don't get used to it. Yeah, don't say that. We haven't signed off yet. Who knows what tan- <laughs> tangent we might go off on yet. <laughs> something will pop up on Twitter and we'll end up going <laughs> off on something. Yeah, we can talk about Barry on HBO. I just started binge watching that last night. So. Yeah, but that would be spoilers because I haven't seen all of it yet. Uh, well, I have not either. I've only watched the first half of the first season there. So, okay. Which again, that's like nothing because it's four half-hour episodes. <laughs> right. And... Yeah, I, I do want to mention that, of course. You know, we talked about STM, uh, TMLPC, uh, and at the mainland. Uh, of course, you can follow Michael at Mainland Michael. I've switched my uh, tagline on Twitter to at Mainland Dave to make it simple for everybody. Um, I didn't know us. that. Yeah, I know, right? That's why I'm bringing it up. I want to make it want to make it easy for everybody. All right. So at Mainland Dave, at Mainland Michael, and you can uh, you can hit us up there on the Twitters. So you can even ask us your questions there, or or just interact. Yeah, with absolutely. Because we actually talk we we talk before we do this. We do. We talk way too much about soccer <laughs> and everything <laughs> else in life. All right. So with that, uh, we will ask you to please uh, continue to read our stuff on uh, on the mainland.com. You can like us on uh, Facebook. You can uh, follow us on Twitter. That'd be awesome. Uh, Please subscribe if you haven't to this podcast. Uh, Hit that subscribe button so that you're getting us automatically. Bump us up the the standings a little bit. And uh, we appreciate your word of mouth uh, recommendations. And of course, your five star reviews on iTunes, which we will read on the air. So, uh, With all of that said, uh, we can't wait to see what happens, uh, not only with the Pride on Wednesday night, but also uh, both teams on Saturday, the U.S. men's national team uh, coming up Monday against Bolivia. And, uh, of course, uh, we'll be back to talk about all of that next week. So on behalf of David Rowe, I am Michael Citro, the founder and managing editor of TheMainland.com, signing off by saying, Go City and Go Pride.